Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. More competition for more. <laughs> Why is there smoke coming out of your oven, Seymour? Can you get me a fizzy orange? I'm just getting to yoga. Yeah, bitch! He's like this renegade cop. <laughs> so he's a high-functioning alcoholic. He likes Mexican food. He's a rebel. Hello and welcome to our ninth episode of Telebox, where today we're going to be looking at the weird and wonderful world of celebrity-based TV. That's right, Jen, in our main discussion. And for this week's Teletalks, we're going to be talking about some of the best and the worst celebrity specials, spin-offs, reality TV shows, all that kind of stuff that have graced our screens over the last two decades. This topic came up as Emma and I tucked into not one, but two celeb specials earlier on this week. So we'll be chatting a little bit about them and the genre itself in general later on in the podcast. Well, first we had a little chat with the hilarious Judy J, didn't we? We did. It was very good. She was I loved very... her action. You'd really have to see the visual to get the full effect. You really would, yeah. I mean, she's she's talking about a show that she's already invested a lot of time with. And we've all been there. Yeah. When you're holding on with a show, you know, like, you love the show, but it's confusing you. But God damn it, you're sticking with her. You're hanging on there in there. She's just, it's like she's sitting in a room and she doesn't have a clue what's going on. But she's just loving her life anyway. Yeah. And of course, we had her partner, Fred, on our fiance earlier on in the series. So it's a, it's an insight into their cup, like their partnership that Fred picked Baywatch and Julie picked Bosch. Yeah. About I mean, it goes to show the dynamic. <laughs> but it's a good old chat. Now, this week is the El Shakhtan Naguelga at home here in Ireland. And although, like last year, it won't be what we're what we like, you know, what we normally like to do, there's still a big cause to celebrate. You are right, Emma, there certainly is. And now all will be clear in a moment, but we want to do a little segment called Here Today, Gone Tomorrow. It's catchy, isn't it? We asked our listeners to name a few things that have popped their heads into Ireland and then they've seemed to vanish overnight and we got some guest suggestions. We did. So mullets back in Dublin in 2008 and they're making a bit of a comeback. I don't think it's a voluntary comeback. I think it's because barbers aren't open, but... Well, I, I think they were making a slight comeback just before lockdown and now I feel like all genders getting on board with the mullet, which I love. Mm. Yeah, we have Miley Cyrus, Joe Exotic. We have... <laughs> yeah, God. I was going to say that feels yeah. like a lifetime ago, but it is a lifetime ago in pandemic world. Another one was tear off tracksuit bottoms. 
I remember them well. And what people mightn't realize about them is there was a fear around them. Because if you're out playing with all your mates, there was somebody who'd be acting the mad joke and decide to start ripping them off people. So I think that's why they had a short shelf life. Yeah, from the back, they just come up and next of all, your legs are exposed. It was weird and wonderful and terrifying and tear off tracksy bottoms came and went from Ireland as quick as you'd whip them off your mate, wouldn't they? That's, <laughs> that's yeah. how quick it was. <laughs> it was. They just seemed to vanish out of nowhere. Kim Kardashian tried to bring them back, but then again, they were gone straight away. <laughs> That's it. They only yeah, last two on weeks board. and they're gone. Yeah. Another thing that was very prevalent and then just it, they don't do it anymore. It vanished and I'm kind of raging was when Coke used to do competitions where you collect the labels and you'd get like your TX1 watch. Do you remember? Yes. And I remember it actually being kind of like half decent stuff as well. It was good stuff. There was a silver one. There was a black one. Oh, I'd love to still have my LTX one. Like it was, the black one was now, I think you had to get 25 labels <laughs> to get these <laughs> prizes. But yeah, it was, it was and good then old times. Yeah. But then one day it's just vanished gone. in an instant. There's no, there's no announcement. It's just puff of smoke gone. Now, as we've mentioned, it's the week of St. Patrick's Day. And that means one thing and one thing only. The Shamrock Shake is back. But we have some even more good news. Thankfully, the Shamrock Shake won't be vanishing overnight like those things. And you guys have up until March 23rd to get your hands on them. So make sure you get them before they're gone. And the best and easiest way to do this is through our fabulous sponsors, Just Eat. At the tap of an app, get your Mac delivery delivered straight to your door. No hassle, no fuss. St. Patrick's Day made. Did somebody say... Now on Telebox, we are absolutely delighted to have the wonderful comedian and podcaster, Julie J. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I am so <laughs> delighted to be here. So good to have you. Yeah, it was hard to get me now. You had to pin me down, like trying to pin a wave to the sand. But you got me in the end. It was touch and go. We were terrified we weren't going to get you. Look, Jen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for having to put you through Lisa Richards, but <laughs> it's yeah. the big time now. Oh, it was our people, your people. Oh, nightmare. <laughs> sorry. Thanks for having me, ladies. Love the podcast. It's so much fun. Ah, thanks, Julie. Thanks, Okay, Julie. are you going to ask me the big question? Yes, please tell us. And I'm very interested to hear about this, about your favourite TV show. Well, look, okay, favourite at the moment. Yeah. Okay, because it changes all the time. So the one I'm binging currently is Bosch. I'm all about the Bosch. So Bosch, I don't know, have you seen Emma, I think you've seen it. I've seen it. Jen, have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I have never even heard of it. Oh, so teach strap me. yourself in. Oh, Educate me. No. Um, so Bosch, hilariously, okay? So I think what's gas about me picking Bosch is I'm not quite sure what's going on in Bosch ever. So I'm currently on series three. Still have no idea what's happening. It's based, it's essentially a detective show, right? We're following this guy called Harry Bosch. He's in the NAPD. I've got that much. And it's it's based on the Michael Connolly books. Now, Jen, I'd say you haven't read that. Has anyone read the Michael Connolly books? No. 
No. No, because we're not, like, we're not 63-year-old men. So, like, none of us are familiar with the books. Like it just, So he's an ex-Special Forces agent, and they've really reinvented the wheel here because I don't know how they came up with this. It's very creative. He's like this renegade cop. <laughs> so he's a high-functioning alcoholic. He likes Mexican food. He's a rebel. He smokes. And he's, he's all about getting complex. results. He's by whatever he's means. Both, <laughs> he's swinging that Mickey and he's getting results. That's what he's doing. The thing with Bosch is, it's just, ins- I mean, it's like series one. You really have to stick with it because series one is a load of shite. Now, I have an issue when people tell me to stick with things because that, you know, when I think people said this about The Wire as well, they were like, listen, just get through series one. And then it gets better. And my issue with that is like, nobody ever said about me, listen, Julie's great, but you need to just get through series one. Like (laughs) series two, that's when it really takes off for Julie. Nobody had that patience extended to me. So I do generally have an issue with that. But in this instance, the payoff is there. Yes, and I would (laughs) agree with you. It It is a hard one to follow because there's... So you know the way with like, say what's the one that's coming back now soon line of duty you know the way like say in line of duty ben copper ben copper there's always there's always various different stories going on and different people looking to different people and all that but it just seems in bosch there's there's a lot going on isn't there julie there's a lot of characters there's a lot there's a yeah there's a lot going on now in saying that series one so look episode one um, we've got Bosch, and Bosch is a complex character. Now, let me tell you how we know he's a complex character. Okay, he listens to jazz music. So there's a lot of scenes of Bosch <laughs> sitting in a bar, oh. and the jazz music is playing, and he's got a whiskey. And then his lieutenant comes in to see him. Uh, his lieutenant comes in, he's mates with the lieutenant. You know, Bosch is a guy that people respect, Yes. People respect Bosch. So the lieutenant comes in and says, you know what, Bosch, you got to let the line in. And that's said without sarcasm. That is a genuine, like, I mean, if I said to you, Emma, do you know what I've been thinking? You've got to let the light in. I mean, it's all a bit, it, it's just, it, there's a lot of cliches in series one. So episode one, we find bones. Okay. So, okay, we get it. We found bones. Then somebody says there's small bones. And everyone's like, they're small bones. Then in the next scene, it's like, they're really small bones. You're like, we get where this is going. <laughs> it's okay? a child. A child has been killed. And then episode three, they're like, Bosh, it's a child. You're like, of course, the small bones were there. Okay. <laughs> then we discover who killed the child in episode two. And the other eight episodes are just been chasing this. We know who the killer is. Why are we doing this to ourselves? But we're doing it because Bosh is a complex character. Now, as well as listening to Jazz, the other reason we know he's a complex character, so do you know the way they often do this in shows? Um, If you're a complicated person, that is essentially, okay, it is code for, as a child, your mother was a sex worker. That's like what the code is. Yeah. So well, you, were, you, were in, mother, you were in foster care or something along those lines. You were in the system. System, yeah. yeah you were in, in the system. system. 
And again, like, it's that cliche of, and it happens in so many shows, that the mom, the poor old mom is a sex worker and comes to an untimely end. So we learned this in episode one. But there's all these flashbacks to, you know, the mom is like putting an earring on and she's there in the dress and she's saying things like, I love you, Harry. Okay, tomorrow, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go get ice cream. Apple cobbler, you'd like them, wouldn't you, Harry? And you're like, okay, the mom is done. Like, she's done for at this stage. And then sure enough, in, in series three, we see, Harry, we see Harry running through the streets, clutching an ice cream and an apple cobbler. It's just very hard to put it all together. And I'll tell you why I know. I like I should not even be talking about this show. I've no real idea what's going on. Fred <laughs> came in to me the other day. This is one hundred percent true story. He came in and he was like, "Geez, that's a very long scene, isn't it?" And I realised that the previous night I had been watching the same episode and hadn't even realised it. Oh. I keep re I keep rewatching the same episodes. But Emma, like, would you back me up on this? It's very confusing. It's like, am I sleepwalking or have I seen this before? It's very discombobulating, but it's still good. It's funny, isn't it? Because I agree with everything you're saying, but it's still good. And like you said, like the character Bosch, the detective, like it's it's very much the your bog standard detective character likes the few drinks has a bit of a troubled past you know bit of a temper you know always has an ex-wife you know this kind of thing but he still is very uh, believable and very likable now do you think it's the acting or is is there something else going on that is warming us to him I do, do you know what? I actually think the actor is great. I do think the actor is great. And also, like, we have to talk about the partner, Jay Edgar, who, of course, was Marlowe in The Wire. Like, he's amazing as well. But it's funny because we know that he's his partner because Bosch keeps referring to him as partner. So every time, like, he's like, hey, you want food, partner? It's like, we get it. He's your partner. Like, that's the one bit that I can piece together. So the partner is great. And I do think the actor, Titus Welliver, is brilliant as well. And also, it's nice in this because we have a lot of familiar faces from The Wire, which is another one I absolutely love. But Des Bishop got there first. Damn it, Des wins again. I can't <laughs> believe it. Yeah. But anyway, so like there's not, it's nice having those familiar faces. And it is, despite the cliches, I do love it. Like the only thing keeping me going all day is my hour in the evening when I get to watch Bosch. I mean, in saying that, all the series are bleeding into one another. I have no idea when one starts and one ends. Like, if you asked me to tell you what happened in last night's episode, I couldn't do it. The daughter is probably, for me, the weakest point. The daughter, Maddie. Yes. I think, Emmy, you would agree. Yeah, like, Jen, you know the way in a lot of these, it it tends to be, well, I don't want to say all American shows, but do you ever notice with, like, if there's a teen daughter, she's, it's like she has to be a melt. Oh, I'm trying to think yes, of other shows now you, that kind of do you know would what, have that as well. Do you know, it, when you were even saying that, Julie, about the the main detective and the fact that he loves jazz and he has this troubled past and all this, I was like, this sounds exactly like Carrie Matheson in Homeland. Like, yeah. all of them have the same kind of persona. But do you know what? Actually, quite interestingly, I saw apparently... Do you know, like, plots got to do with shows and stuff? Apparently, there's only, like, 36 
yeah versions of a story that you can tell and that's what like there's hundreds thousands of shows but there's only ever going to be 36 scenarios in that they're going to be based around so you're going to be seeing the same stuff all the time but it's just when like the stuff that you were saying there was like god they're so similar to other shows yeah it's like you you see you do see these tropes a lot and Mm. maddie is just your quintessential like american teenager like child of divorce like series one that you know she's kind of picking her pizza slice and the mom says but maddie pizza's your favorite and then maddie says well not every night like you know that this is (laughs) abuse you're like maddie's and of course your name is maddie and in real life guess what her name is what is that maddie Oh God, so so original. No, but what you were saying there as well, that's what I even brought it up to, like really nailed it down because I was like, Dana in Homeland is also a melt. She's one of them. Yeah. She's like, but she's kind of in everyone's business and she's just this melt. Oh yeah. That's always Maddie. there. That, exactly the same. Your one Maddie is in everyone's business as well and constantly trying she's to She's flipping the birdie to the reporters, like that kind of thing, you know? Mm. Oh, like, w- like, Tell him the dad to be safe and all this and you know oh. yeah and like it's you like know she's it's grandpa. very much like yeah she's in it but she's inexplicably petulant at all times like I've never understood this about like American teenagers you know it just like nobody ever takes them up and they're just perpetually given cheek the hold like you yeah. know he brings home the Mexican food she's like oh tacos again. <laughs> And then, of course, like what sport could she, I mean, what sport does she play? Just take a guess, Chen, because you haven't seen it. Either One, soccer like, or volleyball. Chen, <laughs> A1's all right. Of course she plays volleyball. She, <laughs> and then, like, Julie, the that's the clip we're going to use for social now. You do that. <laughs> like, what show did she pick? And then Bosch is on the sideline saying, Go, Maddie! And she just scowls over at him like, you don't get me. <laughs> it's not like... I want to be a cop. Let me see the case file. That's her latest oh, thing in yeah. series That's three. really annoying she when she's doing that. She wants access to the case, fi- case file. And she's and he's doing like, Maddie, I can't let you do that. I'd lose my job. And she's like, oh, you don't trust me. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's like T <laughs> Y work experience and she's trying to get into all these case files about like really oh, serious now, crimes yeah, and everything. Like, series on. one, because when she kind of re-enters his life and she hasn't, she's been living in Vegas and the mom's like, uh, the ex-wife is a poker player. And I did, now that was the one bit I was like, oh, Bosh, are you that good at your job? Because she rocks up. <laughs> they land up to the gig where all the little bones are, Jen. All the little mm. boats. And then the guy who's like wearing a Hawaiian shirt because he's like, hey, I'm an archaeologist. I'm not a cop. And he, she, he says, hey, you want to you wanna brush these bones? She's like, can I? And you're thinking to yourself, no. Yeah. <laughs> this can't be right. Yeah, no, you definitely don't. You haven't got an access pass, like... No. You, de- you definitely don't have the safe pass. You don't have the steel toe caps. You don't... No. You like don't the deep, belong there. The, the DPP have a lot of faults, but I think even they <laughs> would question. Okay, yeah. and then Maddie, Maddie, he was, she wasn't quite a T-wise. Okay, second year, as part of her CSP project, she's like brushing little bones. And then the theme song is just so inexplicably 
awful. It's all like, and I actually went back to listen to it because even though I listened to it every night, I couldn't. Again, it's this tune. It's just such a strange one. It's so hard to explain. So the the lyrics, the only lyric in it is, it is, I got a feeling. Got a feeling. Got a feeling. Can I go? Can I go? Got a feeling. It's just, it's so awful. But yes, I keep watching. <laughs> You can really tell that you're like in the height of the binge with this show now. <laughs> like you're in the height of it. Oh, I'm just, I'm in the absolute height of it. I've no idea what's going on. Like absolutely none. Do you find um, after watching Bosch that... Are you, sorry, are you clutching a hot water bottle? Of course I fucking am, Judy. Is it, is it the month face? No, I'm just clutching it always. Okay. Um, okay. I was going to say. Bit of a Matty move. Matty, <laughs> when she's got the monthly. I got to do a you podcast. Dad. <laughs> I was going to say, do you know, sometimes when you watch these shows and you binge them and they, you start to feel like they're real life. Do you think like you would make a good detective or being Ooh, a member a of the question. force? You know what I mean? You know the way when you start to kind of or you notice things in the show before you know, we're told as an audience what's going on. Do you watch for that part of it? Like, oh, I knew that's who it was or. No, look, I never ride. know. <laughs> I never know what's going on. I never, I don't even know. Even when they're at trial, I still don't even know who the defendant is. Like, who's the prosecutor? I don't know any of the roles. I don't know what's going on. It's all a bit foggy when I'm watching Bosch. And, you know, when Fred pointed that, pointed that out to me that I was actually watching the same episode again, I was getting a little bit concerned. So I did, I actually had to go off and do a Sudoku straight away just to prove it wasn't, wasn't me, it was the series. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for coming on, Julie. I love you. Thanks, ladies. Talk to you soon. Bye. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Update of birth, 15th of the 6th, 85. Make me a Gemini. 
We asked you yesterday your date of birth. I give you the wrong date of birth. Are you sure? Hi. Definitely. What is I it? I think the fifteenth is like eighty-seven or something. I saw. No, you said eighty-five. Mama, did you give me my passport? Nadine phones home looking for her mislaid passport. Because Amanda, yesterday I was getting an interview done and I give the wrong date of birth. I, I give a date of birth, some, I give a wrong date of birth anyway. So I'm just looking for my passport. While the cameras were not rolling, Nadine finally broke down and confessed to Linda that her real date of birth is the 15th of June, 1985, making her 16. Now, this is part of the podcast where Emma and I get to hear from our lovely listeners about their opinions on the TV questions that we pose to them each week. As mentioned at the top of the show, we are dedicating this week's main discussion and our telly talks to chatting about the best and worst celebrity based TV shows. So we're going to keep this a little bit brief because we're going to be delving into it deeply in our main chat, mm. aren't we? We are. Yeah, a few of the ones that came in, I suppose, will be... Well, we, we, I suppose for our telly talks, we could talk about the ones that aren't really that popular in terms of household ones. So just tattoo of us. Even when you say this out loud now as a sh- as a concept for a show, two people, a lot of the time are like romantic couple, but not always. They go on and they pick tattoos for each other and they don't know mm. until the tattoo is revealed. And they have done celebrity versions of this. And some of the stuff that has been tattooed on people is insane. It is. And seeing the reaction is like it's hilarious. It's great. It's a great bit of escapism. It's like it's that kind of shock horror TV. But at the same time, sometimes they do be heartbroken. And I don't blame them. Like they're branded. Yes, I actually saw saw one the other week and it was a couple and uh, now obviously I don't know anything about football but he was a Rangers fan and she'd gotten Celtic Football <gasps> Club tattooed on him oh, he see was that's dev- just like, cruel he was devastated I know um, Charlotte from Geordie Shore was on it when yeah. she was going out with Bear and stuff they've had a few different celebrity ones and a lot mm. of time you know the way with celebrity shows it's a bit softer or you know things are slightly changed now it's exactly the same on the celebrity version yeah um next one up will be celebs go dating celebs go dating i've watched a few of them i feel like i think it's a recipe for disaster yes do we not think like I just feel like the people who, like, say the, like, so obviously you have the agency and then the celebrities are the the main client of this agency because they try to match celebrities with their, their main match. But then you have the normal Joe Soap who's putting themselves out there like, you know, this is my profile or whatever, match me up with a celebrity. Do you not think that's just gold digging? It is. And do you know what now you're saying? When you're saying this as well, it reminds me of similar show and another one came up uh, eating with my ex when they do the celebrity version of that so now not only oh I've never seen this now oh yeah so it's all about like you basically meet up with your ex and you get to ask them questions like so did you cheat on me or (gasps) why did you leave things the way they were but they've done celebrity versions right and it's basically like why did you sell that story to the newspaper 
Oh my God. It's full of tea, is it? Oh, it's spilling all over the place. Oh, I all love it. Place. So I have oh, to I say like, that like now. in recent years, I know we've had reality TV for like decades, as you said, and you know, the, the celebrity spin-offs didn't, you know, take that long to follow after. But I really think in the last few years, what some of the celebs are willing to do has just cranked up big style. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, obviously you have celebrities are professional personas, aren't they? So like they're going in to win the public over. I mean, we just had I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out Here, which is probably the most popular celebrity based reality TV show. And we had it in Wales. It was in a castle. And I remember um, being briefed on because I was being interviewed. It was just a discussion about it. But I remember being briefed on it. And it was like, oh, this is kind of Vernon Kay's first thing that he's done since the whole scandal of him cheating on Tess Daly. So he's trying to win the public back over. And like the fee for for them to get him on to be able to open up about that is astronomical like the money he was paid for it so I was like so it's all a big PR stunt so I can imagine there's quite a lot of celebrities that just do these things to kind of renew their relevancy or so do you know what I mean yeah that's what it is or like if if the the public have some sort of like personal opinion about them it's a way to change that I suppose and you do see another side to celebrities and you, you do kind of realize things about them that you probably wouldn't have realized without watching what they're on yeah but at the same time they have a massive advantage in that they know what they're doing they're professional PR personalities like oh yeah and if it shows being successful you just know that the celebrity version of it is probably going to attract even more people so you're on to a oh, winner absolutely yeah, there's there's shows that like I would be more interested in watching Celebrity Big Brother than I would regular Big Brother. Now, I always loved regular Big Brother until Celebrity Big Brother came out. And then I was like, oh, like, could you imagine a Celebrity Love Island? Well, there was one originally. That's what it was. It was, wasn't it? But it's like after the it hit was that very, it's been now. Yeah, it, the... The original version of it was, oh, it was just the same people the whole time. So there was only like, you know, three and three, you know, pairs that could be possible or whatever. Um, mm. So I think it was only like the prototype of it. But yeah, if they did like a celebrity version of the one they have now, it would be insane. You can't say a word. Nothing. David's dead. <laughs> Now to continue on the chat, Emma and I took a look at two of the latest celeb releases that were out last week as Channel 4 urged their star-studded spin-offs of both The Circle and Bake Off for their Stand Up To Cancer campaign. Now, objectively, we both obviously know that anything like this that goes towards a good cause is great. But we are still going to chat through the shows in isolation, as well as chat through the genre as a whole and what works and what we feel doesn't work. So I watched The Circle, The Celebrity Circle, 
and uh, so like now he's gone but like you know Duncan from Blue you know like kind of mm. A lot of the Denise usual suspects, you know, a couple of people from Loose Women, you know, that kind mm. of dealio. The YouTuber who was on the dancing show, what was it called again? Dancing on Ice? No, not Dancing on Ice, the ballroom one. I'm, I keep thinking of the American version. Oh, Strictly Come Strictly, Dancing. Strictly, yeah. I was like, yeah, Strictly. Um, so, you know, lots of like the exact people that you'd expect to be on... Um, a celebrity reality TV show. But I think the yeah. celebrities on the circle are at a huge advantage. So, you know, the way there's some people that hide who they are or they pretend to be somebody else. Yeah. So there's two, like there was two women uh, from Loose Women and they're pretending to be Gemma Collins. But because a, a lot of the celebrities on the circle know Gemma Collins personally, they're able to mm. suss out that she's not Gemma Collins. So... Yeah, yeah. It's a lot Denise easier for them to, to, have play, to play the game and to figure out that people aren't who they say they are or whatever. Like it's still entertaining, but they're definitely at a huge advantage. And they're all the kind of celebrities who would be uh, like part of like popular culture. And do you know what I mean? There's no there's no one in there who's like, oh, Jesus, that's your man who used to present the weather 15 years ago. Or, you know, those kind of people. They're yeah, all very yeah. much in the celebrity like culture. So they all have a bit of knowledge about each other. So that's my only thing about it. Yeah, it's more so like I would say and I'm not a big I, I have to say I haven't really sat down to watch a full series of The Circle. I know the kind of premise of it or whatever. Usually when it's a normal Joe Soap, quote unquote, yeah. um, it seems to be a thing of getting to know each other and like making bonds and having conversations and getting to know each other and stuff like that. Whereas this seems to be just a massive game of who is it? Who isn't it? Yes. And there's a lot of uh, the the contestants have to spend a lot of time just talking to themselves, talking into the abyss because their only way of communicating with each other is sending the messages. So... Yeah. I was actually surprised. Does this happen on the normal one where there's two people in the same flat? No, I don't think so. No, I didn't think so, yeah. I thought... I I was surprised seeing that, like... Yeah, it's funny, though, because then sometimes I find over the years that the celebrity version and the non-celebrity versions of these shows almost start to morph into each other because lots of times there's been celebrities that have are like you know kind of minor celebrities or whatever that have gone on Big Brother or that have gone on the X Factor or you know what I mean so sometimes mm. the, the lines do begin to get blurred um, did yeah you and see? then you'll have an, oh sorry go on you'll have a normal um, you'll have a normal citizen will say who will go on to one of these shows and be so popular that they then become a celebrity and then they'll end up doing the celebrity version of the show I years know. later. That's it. Yeah. So it's really like it can, it can be really it can be really confusing. <laughs> um, did you get to see um, Celebrity Bake Off? 
I did and I like that. I love Bake Off in the sense that it's very wholesome in the first place. Yeah. So when you're throwing people who you kind of know in, it makes it all that more enjoyable. Yes. And I think with the the one benefit of the celebrity version of Bake Off, because they're just they're getting a a star baker straight away at the end of the episode or like, you know, Mm. obviously they do that on on the normal episodes, but that's it finished. And then we're off. We're on to the next round of celebrities. And sometimes with Bake Off, the regular series, it can take a while to get going because there's so many people in it at the start. And Mm. there's like there's usually about four people in it who are I won't say rubbish because, I mean, the only thing I've baked and it was years ago was banana bread and I managed to burn it on the outside and it was raw on the inside. So I can't slag them. But there's always about four that you just know they're going to be the four first to go. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. they're burning Rice crispy buns and you're like, I oh, hear like, come on. So it can take a while for it to get going. But at least with the celebrity version, it it just it feels a lot more bish bash bosh onto the next one it does and the the banter between them it's like they kind of they're kind of all on this i will say the selection of the celebrities for the bake-off is a lot better than the circle yes i'd say they probably said like the producers channel four producers were like right we're going to do stand up to cancer here's your options and the good ones all picked bake-off and then whoever was left got the circle (laughs) i think so Definitely. And on Bake Off, there's always a good mix of celebrities. Yeah. So you'll have a comedian, mm. you'll have a more mature uh, TV star, whether they're like a newsreader or, you know, that kind of thing. You'll yeah. have an athlete. So there's more of a mix there. Whereas, mm. yeah, the circle is a kind of a bit more reality star who became a celebrity now doing a celebrity reality yeah, star. Exactly. Exactly. Now I do. I like the 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 Bake Off, and then Alexandra Bork. We had um, she was in Star Wars. She's a, an icon now. Uh, Daisy. I, I didn't. I didn't know her. I know her name's Daisy, and Rob Beckett was in it. Rob Beckett. The, yeah, and then yeah. Tom, who was a professional George on Professional Bake Off. Yes, he presents the Professional Bake Off, which seems yeah. to be a lot of. They, I don't know why, but any time I've watched it, they're constantly getting them to build these like really delicate, like chocolate structural cakes that are obviously going to keel over. You know what I mean? They're con- they're constantly just getting them to do things. Oh, here's something with seventeen tears. Let's watch all these cakes fall over and make a mess. <laughs> There's a bit of that because obviously they can they can cook, and they're really talented. So they're like, mm, how can we get them? But I do like. Looking at, say, the two we watched this week and then just the shows that we're talking about and telly talks, I do love celebrity versions of shows. But my only fear is that will the ordinary people versions of these shows, are they beginning to get lost? So like, you know, even now when people go on Love Island, a lot of those people are coming to Love Island with already like huge followings behind them and like some of the stars from the like original uh, reality TV shows, nobody knew them at all. Like, you know, in in the well, in the back in the day before, 
yeah social media and that it would have been a lot more genuine like the casting process and stuff whereas nowadays it seems like a lot of these people are actually scouted yes for the shows so there is definitely like the producers definitely have a big hand in who gets it like they always have but it was more so from people auditioning and it was the personality that sold them rather than the following or like I don't know like one example would be Molly May she was a YouTuber and an influencer before she even went in to Love Island and then in the same series you had Maura Higgins who was uh was she uh she was a ring girl and she was um a showgirl for Monster yeah and yeah she was already she already had pretty big profile in terms of I suppose just being like a showgirl or a ring girl or whatever. Yeah. Um, And they were both obviously scouted. And it was just like, as Shane Dan Bourne said a couple of weeks ago, it's just not the same as it used to be. Like, it's not as random. It's not as like the people aren't just aren't as normal as they used to be. And it's not it's not as much of an anomaly as it used to be, because these people are they already have a bit of a persona about them in the first place. Yeah, they have a bit of savviness. I think one show that still you can see like the the real uh, characters. And I, I mean, I don't know how they find them is Gogglebox. And that's one show. Yes, I do enjoy the celebrity version, but I actually prefer the regular version. And I watched the Irish one and the English one. And I love both of them. I love both of them. And for once, I actually prefer the Irish one. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah. I, ju- I just relate to them more. Like, I, I and I would never really watch TV and be like, oh, yeah, I like that because I can relate to it. I always just watch it. And if it's entertaining, it's entertaining. It doesn't matter like where they're from or, you know, life circumstances don't play a part in it. But I just I don't know what it is about the Irish one. I just understand them more, I suppose. And I just I like I always loved the English one. It was gone for a couple of years before the Irish one then like they they had to spin off for their their own one and I just loved it but like that with the celebrity versions I just feel like they're very aware that they're being watched Gogglebox has been around like obviously you have the English one that's the original one that was the original experiment yeah you know you're being watched but it, it kind of became like a natural thing and they weren't really acting as such and I feel like that's the same with the like the normal civilians that watch it but I feel like with a celebrity it's like they nearly feel like they have to be saying something just for the sake of saying like I'd I'd love to see what gets cut out of Celebrity Gogglebox yeah and I I would imagine um, that they're which you know which is fair enough because they're doing it for uh, charity as well on um, the English celebrity version but I'd say they're not getting filmed for as long and they're not they're not having to watch as much so Ah, with the normal version you probably do have that time that time to just kind of like settle into it and kind of forget that you are being or like you know just feeling like you are watching TV but Mm. I think that's one of the few now that is um that the characters like you know like I mean in the Irish one like all of the different families and pairings or whatever they don't strike me as the type of people who would be 
trying to carve out a career from that afterwards. Mm. It's just like, I, I feel like maybe I'm just being super naive, but I feel like those people are doing it kind of like, oh, yeah, sure, something something different to do, something fun, but they're not trying to, they haven't got a big game plan, you know what I mean? Now, I know in the English one, they've had a few stars that have come out of they it, like Scarlett Moffat. Yeah. And uh, the couple, da- was it Dom and, I can't remember her name, but they Steph were- Steph and Dom, yeah. Yeah, they'd been on like four in a bed and uh, a few other things before they They did their down. own show. They did yeah, it like after. based on their but they're, they're, yeah. they're always made, which I think is the way it should be. They're, if they go off to do their own thing, they're always, uh, they always finish up on Gogglebox then. Yeah. One of the the Michelson family actually he did dad in that because I I saw a clip of Gogglebox last night and it was just in the the Michelson family it was the mom the daughter and the son and the dad was complete now I don't know if that family dynamic has broken up or whatever but he was running for uh to be a politician yes and he had to leave so they were gone off for a few years yeah that's right I remember that they were. It was grand when they left, but here and ever, we all have our favourite <laughs> families from it. Um, I like about, the son. I feel like he's grand. And then the mom's oh, yeah. a bit, she's a bit like, oh, a bit ditzy, but like grand. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Grand. And, um, you know, like with, say, first dates that we talked mm. about, how do you, f- what's your feeling about the celebrity versions of that? I don't believe I've seen one. I've seen a few, but it's it's never like a celebrity with a celebrity. It's always like somebody turned, like the Hatcher Man from um, S Club 7. And she obviously hadn't got a clue who he was. Oh, fuck. (laughs) And he's kind of like, you know, bringing up music and stuff. And... He he's trying to like he's really trying to get it in to conversation, but he's not doing that thing of just like bringing it up straight away. Like oh, like I was actually in this band called S Club Seven, like, uh, and he brought it. He just whatever. He was just making it really really awkward, and he said it to his date, and you see you see her face, like are you Fuck. for real? But it's just uh, when the celebrities go on first dates. It's still, it's, don't get wrong, it's still entertaining, but definitely the cynical part of my mind always starts to come into play, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'd I'd love to, I'd actually love to see that. I said Jesus was a H, he was in Steps. Um, I actually can't remember any of the blokes in S Club 7, but I can imagine that is very awkward. And then you do wonder, does the... The, the person who was on the date with him, did they realise that they were going on a date with a quote unquote celebrity? And like, how did that work? Do you know? Yeah. They like, just, did they think, think they, they were going to be paired them. with Brad Pitt? <laughs> they just wedge them in every so yeah. often. They'll just throw an old celeb into the mix. Yeah, it's, it's, and um, then it's that I'd, awkward thing of the person who they're on the date with. Like, it seems a bit convenient that they never seem to know who they are. Do you know what I mean? Like they never know. Doesn't it? 
that I think that's like this on the English one. It's a pure Irish thing to pretend that you don't know who the famous person is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, I didn't know it. You like you'd ne- like maybe it's changed now, but I know back in the day, like Irish people would not go up to a famous person and like ask for a picture or anything like that. They'd be like, oh, no, just no. stop. Wouldn't give them the satisfaction. No, like wouldn't. no. But then again, it's not that hard to believe. Like. You could put me on a date with any of the blokes out of S Club 7 and I wouldn't be able to tell you who they were. Like, even though I would have liked their music. Yeah. Like, in this day and age, there's no way. No, I think, I think if if you're talking about, like, S Club 7, yeah, if you whacked him up on a stage with the other six, you'd twig it with him. <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. twig <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not, you know, lots of these people that were in these bands in the 90s and noughties, you can't... You know, you need to see the full picture before you know it's them. You need to see them in the combats and the vest yeah. top. And then you're like, oh, it's your man. Yeah, well, you know him now. Mm. But um, I still love uh, reality TV and celebrity TV. I mean, I think it's good that the Kardashians are done. Yeah. I think that had that had its day. You know what I mean? Do you think so? Well, I suppose like a lot, a lot of production would have went into that. And then obviously every single thing is a game plan with the Kardashians. So you do kind of think like, oh, what, what's what's real here? Because like, the devil works hard, but Kris Jenner works harder. <laughs> you know, that's the saying. That's how it goes. Like every yeah. single thing more than likely is staged and it's to help them in some way or another or if they're losing a bit of relevance sure Kim box the head off currently there do you know like it's yeah. <laughs> mush your face against the wall make sure you leave a mark you know but do you know do you know what I've noticed and I don't know what now maybe I'm imagining this I don't know but I've noticed that during the pandemic there has been less people given out about reality TV I think people are more than happy now to watch the reality TV and enjoy it and there's not this like you know it's like your like guilty pleasure or whatever I honestly think like celebrity reality TV is here to stay we obviously can't get enough of it because it's just each year there's more and more yeah and I think there's never going to be a celebrity spin-off that's not going to be entertaining there's always going to be a need for it we'll lap it up well thanks so much for listening to Telebox again this week and a huge thank you to the marvellous Julie J for chatting to us earlier on now remember what we said earlier on get those shamrock shakes into you before they're gone on March 23rd but if shamrock shakes aren't your thing first off sort yourself out because you're wrong but secondly don't worry because just you have hundreds of your local takeaways to choose from that deliver straight to your door yeah, and I think I'm going to go for a little mix and match job. A shamrock shake and an Indian. That's the plan for Wednesday. Okay, Jen, um, it's unconventional. I'll give you that much, but I, I think you could be onto something. Yeah, it's multinational, you know. It's about the world on St. Patrick's Day. So, yeah, it's not just about us Irish. You can't be selfish. Anyway, have a great St. Patrick's week, and we will chat to you next week on Telebox. Bye. 
right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.